Hello everyone, this is episode 10 of Under the Week, our clerkship special. I'm Ellie Smith. And I'm Marnie McKenna. Our episode today is brought to you by MSLS, the College of Law and Gilbert and Tobin. The College of Law offers the largest range of flexible practical legal training programs in Western Australia. With online, part-time and full-time study options and more than 10 start dates, you can fit PLT around your schedule. Google the College of Law to learn more. As we all know, we're right in the middle of clerkship season at the moment, and this episode should be particularly helpful for those in their fourth or penultimate year of study. Today we're here with Aileen, Shay and Michelle from Gilbert and Tobin, who share with us their advice on clerkships. Hello and welcome to Under the Week. Today we're here with Shay, Aileen and Michelle. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> um, can you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do here at Gilbert and Tobin? So, hi, I'm Shay. Um, I studied law at Murdoch and graduated in 2020. I did a clerkship at GNT and am now a grad at GNT in the Disputes and Investigations team. Hi, I'm Aileen. Um, I am the HR manager here at Gil- Gilbert and Tobin. So, my role is split across clerk recruitment, graduate recruitment, and general um, HR business partner um, responsibilities. So, um, it's a great place and I'll pass you on to Michelle. Hi everyone, my name's Michelle. My primary role at GMT is an executive assistant in the corporate advisory team. However, over the past two years, GMT have given me an opportunity to expand my role by including aspects of clerk and graduate recruitment. I work closely with Aileen and my am pri- primarily responsible for clerk and graduate induction and acting as a first point of contact for these groups. Awesome. So you should be able to give us a great overview of what uh, working at GNT is like and the clerkship process for our students. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Gilbert and Tobin? Yep, I'll take that. It's Aileen again. Um, so GNT was founded in 1988 by Danny Gilbert and to- oh, excuse me, Tony Tobin. Um, and they started with a small team of lawyers who focused on providing legal advice on high profile complex matters. And since those early days, GNT has has been fortunate enough to, to experience outstanding success. GNT is now recognised as a leading transactions, regulatory and disputes law firm. We handle some of the most complex transactions in Australia, advising acquirers, targets and financiers. We're trusted by clients on sensitive regulatory investigations and approvals, litigation and royal commissions. GNT is also committed to outstanding citizenship. We're very proud of our pro bono legal service and have a track record that champions important causes such as marriage equality, reconciliation with Australia's Indigenous people, and we also have the highest number of women partners on the diversity front um, amongst Australia's major law firms. We'd also love to hear a little bit about the practice areas that you work in. So you work in disputes and investigations. What does that look like? What's the main focus? Um, So as a grad, you do three rotations. So I'm in my first one in DNI, and I've only been here for three months and I'm already drafting submissions, affidavits, uh, letters of advice, lots of legal research, um, Mm -hmm. discovery for trials. I've gone down to watch a few trials already. Um, yeah, it's very, very area of work. Mm-hmm. Wow, sounds really varied. Um, and what about the other practice areas? So in Perth, it's, sorry, it's Aileen again. I... In Perth, we also have a 
corporate advisory group and um, no surprises, energy and resources. And we're very heavily focused on the energy and resources practice. Mm -hmm. um, in Australia, more broadly, there are many more practice areas that G&T um, offer to clients. However, in Perth, we just are limited to those three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Awesome. Um, now, Shay, you mentioned that you're a Murdoch student, which we always <laughs> love to see, and that you have been through both the clerkship process and are now working as a grad. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that was like and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, so starting out in my first couple of years, like I'm sure many students listening, I didn't know much about the clerkship process. Um, and then in my penultimate year, everybody else was applying for clerkships and I realized, oh, I better do this too. Um, so yeah, went through the process that it still is now applying to all the major commercial firms. Um, then there's often like first level interviews, networking events, um, sometimes second interviews. I clerked at GNT and Ellen and Overy, mm -hmm. um, both in the summer periods. Uh, I clerked at GNT in the M&A team and Ellen and Overy in their ENR team. Um, and then after the clerkship process, it's not until July and then you have the graduate offers day mm -hmm. um, and was lucky enough to receive an offer from GNT. Awesome. And what made you like decide to work at GNT? What appealed to you about it? Um, I think straight away from my first interview, I got the sense of the culture and it was very laid back and um, compared to other interviews that I'd had, it wasn't like a formal question and answer type of thing. It was just, you know, tell me about yourself. What do you like to do on the weekend? Um, just really trying to get to know me at a personal level, which I really loved. Um, and then starting as a clerk, I had the exact same experience. Everyone was just very down to earth. Um, a great culture at the firm. The work was super interesting. I felt like I learned so much in the three weeks that I was there. Um, I knew nothing about M&A and I was really worried to go into the team because I thought I would be expected to know everything. And as soon as I got there, they were like, why would you know anything? <laughs> um, so that was really reassuring and, you know, got straight into the work and I didn't feel like as a clerk, I was given like the boring task that no one wants to do. I was straight into it doing real, real work that, you know, they actually needed to be done. So yeah, that just really appealed. From the perspective of recruitment, um, when you see the applicants and all the students coming to you guys, what's your most ideal, picture-perfect application look like? What, are you, what stands out for you when you see applications? Mm. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> um, we do look for strong academics. There's no doubt that that's an important part of what we look for in an application. Um, attention to detail. Um, we get hundreds of applications. Sometimes um, spelling mistakes stick out, unfortunately, like, um, you know, it's a big no-no. So we really like people to pay attention to their CV and cover letter before they upload it. Um, we also look for extracurricular activities. So it may be something that, and I would encourage all the students listening to think about this in the context of applications, that you may think at the time it's not relevant to law and it may not be, but you may have um, taken a part-time job or something that may involve, for example, time management, and that becomes a critical um, uh, skill that you have that you have to develop as a lawyer. So, 
extracurricular, strong academics, and also like work experience, which I think is kind mm -hmm. of just covered off in if you're working, supporting yourself through uni, um, how have you balanced, um, you know, those questions would be asked at the interview, but how have you managed to balance working and studying and all that type of thing. So yeah, certainly not a cookie cutter. We don't, we don't go for that. We want people, and I think Shay can attest to this, we want people to be themselves when they're here. We don't expect, you know, we behave somewhat differently in the workplace, I guess, to what we would at home, but that shift should not be a huge shift. Mm -hmm. um, we want people to be relaxed in, in the office and yeah. What are some common mistakes you see applicants make where, where that's kind of an immediate no-no part, you know, you mentioned spelling and, and attention to detail. Is there anything else that stands out to you that just doesn't fit with your um, Yeah, we often get uh, cover letters that are addressed to um, G&T and the body of the letter may say, at Ashurst, I really <laughs> noticed that you practice in XYZ. Oh no. Um, <laughs> you know, things, things like... Um, we ask for official transcripts and we often just get a photocopy. Mm -hmm. um, I think, what else have I seen? I've, I've seen a lot um, of things that sometimes I wish I hadn't seen in applications, <laughs> to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, they're the things that really stick out for me personally when I'm going through. Um, and also, I think it's the point in one's career when you have to be super honest. So if, for example, you may have had a bad semester and, you know, it happens, it's a big shift going from high school to uni and then uni into the workplace. But if you've had ex, um, circumstances that may have impacted your um, transcript or your, your results, then just cover it off in the letter mm -hmm. because I'm going to be sitting here saying, oh, what's happened? Yeah. Um, and without the answer, that can sometimes be a little bit um, off-putting. I didn't personally have this, but I have had friends that were asked in interviews, can you tell me why you didn't get, uh, like, why your marks were a bit lower in this unit or mm -hmm. something like that? And from what they told me, they weren't, like, interrogating and mm. trying to make them feel bad about it. They were honestly just open and... I mean, everyone's human, everyone makes yeah. mistakes, everyone has bad times in their lives or goes through different things. So, yeah, just the opportunity to explain that. See, that's interesting because I think from a current student's perspective, um, at least my mindset is you just don't want to just kind of hide mm. the bad. You don't even want to, you know, you want to... Don't even mention Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just let's look at that. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear a little bit more about what the clerkship application process is here at Gilbert and Tobin. Could you tell us a little bit about that, Michelle? Sure. So our clerkship is a paid employment program at law firms that provides opportunities for students to experience life in a commercial firm to develop networking skills and personal skills. Uh, clerkship programs are run by the majority of top-tier and mid-tier law firms. Why should you apply? Clerkships are a valuable opportunity to gain an insight into various practice areas in law, as well as into the culture of a law firm. While a clerkship isn't a prerequisite to working in private practice, it's an important step towards such a career. Mm -hmm. The primary pathway for graduates is currently by our seasonal program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when do clerkships applications open here at Gilbert and Tobin and like what sort of like what's the process that students have to go through? So uh, the application process uh, means that the application is open on the 28th of June 2021 this year and they close on the 1st of August. 
-hmm. We require students to submit a cover letter, their CV and an official academic transcript via the CV mail. You'll be also required to complete an online questionnaire. Uh, this, we do not ask students to participate in psychometric testing mm -hmm. and your application is then assessed by us. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we assess the applications. <laughs> yeah, so it's all, like, like Mish said, it's all through CV mail. Um, the dates are on the website. Um, so 28th of June, they close at midnight on the 1st of August. We won't accept applications any other way, obviously because we need to go through our processes here. Um, and then once the application is received, we then read them, which <laughs> takes a while. Um, and then we make our selections. And so our process is that we have two clerkship interview workshops we have one in September, August and one in September, um, and they're usually two weeks apart. So each intake, we would have maybe 15 to 16 students come to mm -hmm. each one. Um, and as part of that, the students will go through their interview with a partner and usually one of the senior lawyers. Um, and that can be around 30 minutes. Um, and we then do insight sessions, so they'll go into three different rooms and we'll have representatives from each of those three practice groups that they can speak to and they, they'll share information about the type of work that they do, um, the type of clients that they assist. Um, and then once all of that's done, um, we then go and have some drinking. So it's like a bit of a cocktail. It's not a cocktail evening, but it's yeah. just, just a drink. Um, and we invite all of the staff from GNT. So it's quite a big function. That's why we split it over to um, two evenings. So you mentioned there'd be two groups of about 15 or 16 students or two intakes. Yeah. How many students normally apply for those positions? I think last year we had about 230, 240. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so very competitive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> excellent. 230 applications, that's huge. Um, yeah. How do you guys coordinate reading all of those? I hope it doesn't end up just on your desk, Ellie. <laughs> It, it usually does, but Mish is yeah. going to be um, reading some of them with me this year. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, we basically just have to lock ourselves in a room. Can I ask, what for you, you talk about like wanting to get an idea of the person when you're reading these applications. What what for you is like a, like a good like application to read? What's the most important things like you want to get a sense of their personality? Um, and like what makes that good and interesting for you to read? Oh, you asked difficult questions. So, um, look, I think for me personally, it's it's about, you know, I, I, I know about the firm. I don't want them to say or download something from the internet and say and put it into the body Gilbert of the letter. Gilbert and Tobin does yeah. X, Y, Z, yeah, all that. You know. I'm, you know, something that might interest me could be I met you at the careers fair. Um, mm -hmm. We spoke about this um, how they keep themselves um, in front of business news and how what's going in global, um, what's going on in the world that may have an impact on law. Mm -hmm. um, I, I remember not last year, the year before, we had a student that came in for an interview um, and we asked that question um, and it was just before the US election and they cited a subdivision of a developer here in WA that had been um, that the local authority had rejected. I was just going to say, I think it's important to keep in mind when you're writing your application. HR is going through 200 plus applications, so try think about what you can do to stand out 
when they're going through those things. And um, a lot of firms do, obviously you don't want to just give a spiel about what the firm does because HR knows, but if you can say, I know you do this and I'm interested in it because X, Y, Z, or, you know, I have experience in that field and I'd love to develop further, those sorts of things can stand out. What did you find most like different from your other, like work as a paralegal when you came to Gilbert and Tobin? How, How is it different? I think as a paralegal, you are just doing, it can be a lot of like admin tasks and I mean, that was my experience at least. And mm-hmm. so even though you do get a little bit of an understanding of what it's like to work in a law firm, it's still not the full amount of being a graduate, being a junior lawyer and what sort of things you would be doing. Mm-hmm. And G&T has an open plan. Um, so I'm sat next to a partner and a lawyer and you know, you learn so much from that. Like I get to listen to them talking on the phone to clients and all that sort of thing. So you just learn so much and you can see how you would fit in if you were to come to that firm. Yeah. I think that's a really important point was, um, and it kind of goes back to the culture, but I think we do have an open planned office. Um, So when I first started my career 30 odd years ago, partners always had the windows and an office and a door, mm-hmm. which is a barrier to anyone's learning ability. And so having open plan here, um, like Shay said, she's sitting next to one of our partners. Um, so for clerks and graduates who learn through osmosis, it, it's, a, it's a super way to enhance their skills. Um, and it also prevents the nervousness of having to knock on a door mm. and worry about if you're interrupting someone or mm. and then waiting for the like come in or go away kind of response because <laughs> it can be quite intimidating for clerks particularly um, when they when they first come on board so I think it's a really important point yeah about the open um, structure that we have I'm really interested to know about what the interview process is like you know I think everyone gets terrified for those sorts of things did you find it was an intimidating process or what was your interview like Shane? Um, so I had a few different experiences with different firms, mm-hmm. um, won't name names, <laughs> um, some are very structured and they have a piece of paper in front of them with questions and, you know, it can be quite intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want like an idea of what sort of questions are asked? I would love to ask. <laughs> Please. Um, one big question I think is something that will affect the legal industry either now or in the future, which was always like a bit of a tough one if you haven't thought about that before coming in. Um, You know, just generally what area of law interests you. Um, A lot of questions about like, tell me a time that you had to solve a problem or um, persuade someone or things like that, Um, Mm -hmm. time management type questions. Um, so a lot are like that, but I think with most interviews after that was finished, it was, so just tell me about what you're like as a person, who is Shay, what do you like to do on the weekend? What do you do outside of work and uni? And I think you've got to be comfortable to talk about that and not try to bring it back to law related things because people just want to know. And at GNT, I was asked, are you the same person on the weekend as you are? at work mm-hmm. and I said I try to be and the partner was like that's exactly what we want we want to have the culture of everyone can you know work hard but also enjoy coming to work okay. and you're not expected to know everything about the law when you are a grad yeah. so mm-hmm. 
um, the lawyers know that they're going to have to train you in that area. So it is just who can I get along with? Who can I work well with? Who can be a part of the team? So how does that graduate process work? Do you only uh, hire graduates from your class? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the primary pathway to a graduate role is through the clerkship um, process. I guess maybe, Shay, you might have some sort of insight into what set you apart from other uh, clerks at the time. I ask this every day because I'm so ordinary. (laughs) You're not! I honestly, I know I keep saying this, but... She just keeps saying it. No, I, I... Yeah, before this... Just as a side note, before this podcast, I kept on being like, I don't know why. <laughs> no, but I, I know I do keep saying about being yourself, but in my Clark group, my feedback was I got along with everyone in the team. Um, the work that I did do, you know, my drafting skills or writing skills were good. And I think most law students have developed that through all the assignments that you do. Um yeah, it was, it was mainly based around, you know, we can see potential in the work that you have produced. We think that you're someone that we can work with well to continue that and develop that. So that was what it was based on. Mm-hmm. And I think also f- for clerks when they're here, you know, you've got to take the opportunity. So don't sit in your practice group and don't speak to anyone like Shay was, I mean, by nature, she's a very outgoing person anyway, but I think that Works, worked in her favour but even if you're quiet you've really got to make an effort to go and speak to not only the people that you're immediately working with but you know more broadly across the office yeah. so there's that aspect of it we want people to be involved as much as they can be so whatever's going on we structure the clerkships around our Christmas function and, and a financial year so we would expect mm-hmm. them to come you know they're invited to that and socialise socialise with mm-hmm. everyone um, and also for me, the biggest thing is to be curious when you're a clerk. So ask loads of questions and don't just be a shrinking violet. So mm-hmm. that's my advice to anyone that's listening is to be really curious. Yeah. I am an outgoing person, but I still do get nervous, you know, going up to someone that I don't know and speaking to that, especially as a clerk. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to go and speak to someone outside of your practice group, I did find that hard, but I would try to do it in... The, the most informal way possible so yeah. you know you don't have to go off and be like can we have a chat like you can when you see them in the kitchen you just yeah you just speak to them like, like oh hi I'm yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so I mean even if you're not the most outgoing person I think just having that sort of a connection with people I think that's something um from a student's perspective that we kind of forget is that it's, it's not it's just, not just the work you're doing. Obviously, that's very important. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the yeah the, the simple things like socialising and mm-hmm. just your personality, how it fits with the firm, and like you said, whether you, you know you find yourself fitting with the firm. And um, everyone in the firm has been in your position before exactly. as well, and they know exactly and, what. And like you said, they're not expecting you to come in and know yeah. everything. No. I think that's also a really big stereotype in my mind. Is mm-hmm. like coming in and being like okay well I don't want to admit this but I don't know anything about what you've asked I remember like, in my first week one of the partners was going through basically the work that we had to do that day and was firing a hundred things off and then he looked at me and he was like do you know what I'm talking about and I was like no I don't and he was like that's okay <laughs> don't worry about it we'll yeah. get that yeah Mish did you want to just mention our projects that we get the clerks to do uh, so our learning and development team um assist the clerks in um, putting together a KPI project. Those topics are selected by our teams and it's actual work that they need to know the answer to. So our clerks, given the topic, they are appointed a knowledge lawyer who assist them with the research and the putting together of their presentation. 
and uh, that work is actually used. So the clerk becomes the expert for that question. Mm -hmm. uh, later on, uh, towards the end of the uh, clerkship period, they're uh, presented to the firm. So the lawyers are invited to attend the presentations and the clerk will stand and give their presentation. We also give, <laughs> we also give training um, from our learning development team about presenting, how to present and how to brand your uh, project. So we, yeah, we just invite the partners and the senior lawyers to hear it because the whole firm would be, I think it's cruel to do that to them. So I did the whole firm. Yes, well, this year I've changed it. Oh, all right. <laughs> We're just having the partners and senior lawyers because I'm being nice to yeah. the clerks. I can imagine that must be incredibly, even then, it's incredibly intimidating to do a big presentation. But it's, um, it's it, you, you just see such a variance between the clerks as well. So yeah. some, some who may not have been particularly... Um, you know, outgoing during their clerkship suddenly get up mm. in front of people and they're like in their really comfort confident. zone. So it's quite interesting to see that. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is really daunting when you first get the topic, <laughs> but you do the training on presenting with impact, which was mm -hmm. so informative, but also so fun. So it made you feel really comfortable with your peers and mm -hmm. you do it at the end of your clerkship process. And by then you've kind of gotten to know people in the firm. So it, it does feel a lot less intimidating when you're standing up in front of people that you've been working with for three weeks. And um, I was told that it didn't really matter too much about if I got the answer right or wrong or if they agreed with my answer. It was just more giving it a go, getting up there and mm. doing your best. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes the partners ask curly questions yes. at the end, which is a bit mean. <laughs> I got a shocker. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> what, what was it? Basically, my topic was just there was no answer. And the answer that was out there just did not make sense, but that was the answer. And mm -hmm. one of the senior lawyers was like, I just don't understand because of this. And I was like, I know, this is why I've got this topic. And she just kept on being like, I just don't get it. And I was like, okay. And one of the other senior lawyers was like, let's just talk about this afterwards. And they went and had a discussion for like an hour afterwards and they were going back and forth. Right? Yeah. Okay. So really? they were like, that just shows there isn't, you know, it's, You're they wouldn't be giving Yeah, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're both confused. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, so is there, like, is there a reason why you pick to have a big presentation in front of, like, the uh, partners and senior lawyers? Is it looking at presentation skills? Is it looking at, yeah. like, yeah, well, answer questions? you know, like, the research skills, how well they've done, mm -hmm. um, and the curi being curious, that point of, you've got this question, you've got, you've got two and a half weeks, I think you get it on day three, the um, topic, um, to go away, research, put together a presentation. So you go, oh God, how am I going to do this? Be curious, yeah. ask lots of questions, seek out help. Um, mm -hmm. So it's testing all of those kind of soft skills, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, and then getting up there in front of people. And, and being able to explain it to other people. Um, thank you guys so much for your time today. It's been a delight to have a bit more of an idea about what we'll be heading into in the near future. Um, so thanks for sitting down with us and giving us all of the inside tips and tricks. No um, problem. Appreciate You're it. very welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. Awesome. to all of the students who are listening. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We wish to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the land of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation and pay our respects to elders, past and present. We respect the knowledge and laws that traditional elders and Aboriginal people in this place hold and pass on from generation to generation. We'd also like to acknowledge the country that you're listening from, 
and pay our respects to any other Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Thank you once again to our sponsors, College of Law and Gilbert and Tobin. If you like this episode, keep an eye out for MSLS on Facebook and Instagram.